Disclaimer. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as facts. Nothing that is said about any person, organization, gaming company, or sport topic in general should be taken as facts, as well as any talk about any political, religious, or medical topics. As for medical topics at all times, you should speak to a licensed medical professional before any opinion is considered. Everything that is said on this podcast is opinion-based only. Viewers and listeners' discretion is advised. Welcome to the Dr. VTech Show. This podcast is a long-form conversation hosted by Dr. VTAC with the top guests in the world of esports. All from owners, pros, semi-pros, former pros, and content creators of many games. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome, 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 everybody, to the Dr. V Tech Show. Thank you so much for joining in and tuning in. Today, we have a special guest, a PUBG Pro League player, but goes by the name T-Sock. T-Sock is a professional player for, for Wildcard. He plays PUBG, and he has a pretty interesting in, uh, history, so we're going to let him say all the stuff he's done. Um, he's a Canadian. Name is Corey Bashore. And he used to play for Funny Business, and now he's with Wildcard. So, Corey, welcome. Welcome to the Dr. VTech show. Yeah, well, I'm glad to be here. Just want to uh, quickly clarify was with Wildcard, and then Wildcard has since moved from PUBG Sports and with Funny Business now currently. Oh, okay. So now you're currently with with Funny Business. Yeah, and we're we're uh, looking for uh, looking for a forward to fill it out. Currently, PUBG's in the off season, so everybody's kind of taking a break. Oh, okay, okay. So you were with Wildcard, okay. Um, now how 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 is it that how's PUBG doing? I know PUBG went through a little bit of a rough patch uh some moments it, it did a really big when it came out that the game just like it massive. hit real big massive this is worldwide i mean dr disrespect was playing it and then all of a sudden it was just declining but i noticed it declined in certain sections certain parts of the world you know just certain areas will stay popular certain areas it wouldn't so what's going on there what kind of happened well, really, it's a it's a you know grouping of poor decisions, um, bad timing, a little bit of un, a little bit of unluckiness as well. But uh, it really all starts with their lack of attention to the ideas and the wants and the needs of the Western player base. At least for for us, the, the game's still massively popular in Asia and always will be in Korea and China. Thailand, I mean, the Worlds were just held in Bangkok and just had the most uh, viewership that we've ever had in an event minus, I think, PGI 2018, which was when there's 3.2 million players still playing the game. So, you know, there's there's hope, but it, it definitely starts with they, they just didn't agree with the ideas or they, they didn't work to implement them as fast as we would have liked. And... Players were moving on to new games. Apex in 2019 came out, I, th I think. It was when it started, and even I like dabbled in it. Um, and they just started moving on to Warzone, into Apex, these faster battle royales. PUBG's a very slow and methodical battle, battle royale, and it's 
kind of evolving there and the people that remain are a lot more um, fast paced and upbeat. But when people come back to it, they, they're still trying to play it like it's a slow um, looter shooter battle royale as opposed to something like Apex and Warzone where it's slide cancel, jumping around, vaulting, fast movement, fast pace, high kill gameplay. And it's come kind of become discordant um, with those people that try and come back when Shroud comes back and tries to play. He doesn't look like the Shroud when he was playing the game when it was at its most popular, you know, the AIM King. And now he comes back and he, he looks like he's trying to play a Milsim, honestly. Wow. Wow. So he, he, so he's the one, is he like the one, like, say he's the one carrying the game, actually? Not really. I mean, it was. Because he brings in a lot of viewers. Absolutely does. And absolutely did. But like um, Western audiences tend to just jump on, hop on what's next. What's next? And what's after that? You know, um, and player retention can be difficult. Uh, But PUBG was really struggling in 2019 to find a direction that they liked. And. This, and this, is, this isn't even to talk with the esports scene and all the whiffs and uh, head-scratching decisions that were made in that regards, but just as a game, they couldn't find a direction that players liked. There was server issues that were constantly happening, and nobody nobody enjoys server issues. You can kind of get around playing against you know, the occasional cheaters, but if every game is a pack and loss, your game isn't playing how the game should play, nobody's going to play. And, that, and that, that's what started it all. Shroud stopped playing with server issues and cheaters, rage hackers. And even same with Doc around the end of 2019 as well. And 2020 it started. And, you know, I... The game has consistently gotten better. But it's got such a negative, like, emotional attachment to so many people who used to play it that they won't come back and give it an honest shot. They'll come back, they'll play three games, and they'll have to do a bunch of weird stuff and uh, they'll be like oh this is the same old PUBG and it's really not and if we could get the people to come back and really see what this game has become in terms of the skill and the intelligence of what it takes to win the games consistently and especially in the, at the esports level like Shroud used to scoff at the esports of PUBG because it was a, it, he wasn't entirely off base terms of like it was very slow very like oh you get the circle you fed you win your games blah 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 now the, the game is so much faster paced in esports so much fun to watch yeah i saw you playing not too long ago i was like well this is a little bit a little bit faster um it it seemed it seemed different for a moment i was like okay this this looks interesting because Back when I when I saw it was way way back, um, <clears throat> I tried it, but I always get killed real fast. I mean, that game was like, okay, this is not for me. <laughs> I, it's, I'm getting demolished, you know. Here, the the recoil is incredibly hard, and they're the people that you have left in the West scene, unfortunately, are so well versed and well practiced. You know, the eight thousand hours, ten thousand hours, you practicing the recoil on these guns, and then you get these streamers coming back from playing Apex. Warzone, where the recoil is nowhere near as difficult, and they're getting steamrolled by these players who have been here this whole time. Wow, that's crazy. 
Now, has there ever came a point in time in, in, in your career, like you're going to be like, okay, um, I'm thinking about switching on to a different game or, or are you just going to stick to PUBG? I'm, I'm going to stick to PUBG. I, I've definitely thought about it. Uh, when Valorant first came out, I was intrigued. Uh, I spent a lot of time in that and uh, I enjoyed it. The gunplay doesn't feel the same. And, and that that's the biggest issue that I've had in trying other games. The closest that I've come to wanting to switch off is probably Apex Legends. I love their, legend, their character legend system that they have. I love the movement shooter um, uh, interactions that they have and how they manipulate the game around them with their abilities. In Apex Legends is the bar for Battle Royale esports, esports in my opinion. And I, I'm glad to see that PUBG is slowly um, taking some of their ideas and adding them to their own. Command Center, each team in Apex, each team has a POV stream with a mainstream uh, as, on top of that. Team streams, to me, are very important for growing your fan base as a team and being able to watch your favorite team all game, every game if you can. Because when there's 16 teams or 20 teams, you're not always going to get 15 to 20 minutes of viewer time on the mainstream. Yeah. Because it's not it's not reasonable. And you're going to miss stuff because there's 16 to 20 teams in that game. And, you know, the likelihood that four teams are fighting at any given moment on two different sides of the map is very likely at certain points in the game. And, you know, fans want to see their favorite team play. That's how this is how you got to get it done. Wow. Now, when you when you enter, when you say teams, how many players are with you? Are you just you're solo, or are you with another person, or is this four of you guys? So PUBG is squads for uh, four men, um, and there's sixteen teams. Hmm. The opens lobbies can differentiate between that if they can't find another. They prefer to overfill lobbies by a team or two rather than underfill lobbies by three or four teams, so to speak. So instead of adding an extra lobby and making it 13-team lobbies, they would rather have 18 teams in the lobby for the Opens qualifiers, and then they would move. Immediately, they, they, they look to move upon that after the first round back to 16, because 16 is what PUBG Esports has been since, I want to say, late 2018, when it was 20. Oh, wow. Now, are there many orgs leaving, or or there's orgs staying, or a lot of orgs, are, or some orgs are coming in? It's a lot of fluctuation. Um, so to give a little bit of history, when 2019 started, there's MPL, and that's a first-party league in every single region of PUBG Esports. In the eastern regions, they allowed other teams, other organizations and tournament organizers to run their events and have these third-party events as well. In the Americas, they decided that they wanted all eyes on their first party league. We had Awesome, uh, PUBG Online, GLL, and a couple others just entirely axed with nothing else for players to play in. And it was, everybody was frustrated with that. But before we hit the preseason lands, um, a bunch of orgs stepped out. I believe one, a couple being Optic and Evil Geniuses name a few the rest uh were looking to stay around we still had envy 
um, Node TSM was in EU. You had Envy, you had Cloud9, you had SSG, and some of the more mainstay ones that you've still seen in PUBG to these days, Sonics. Um, those orgs started to leave around the second and third phase of the end of the year once they realized that the team skins that had been promised at the start of the MPL era were not coming, and all they were getting was a bat skin that generated like $200 in revenue per team. What? Yeah. And you have Ghost, and you have Cloud9, and you have all these orgs, and these horrid, horrid bat skins for nothing. Jeez. So at the end of MPL Phase 2, more or less every other org left NA. By, uh, maybe there's two or three after Cloud9 left, SSG left after MPL. And we were kind of we were kind of the start of I think the esports esports winner, so to speak, back then. Most other regions held firm pretty well. EU lost a couple, but it was that was pretty much it for us. And and many players retired after MPL era was done because they didn't have the org paycheck. That's so Every, sad. Everybody, everybody that plays that played from 2020 onwards played for the love of the game, in my opinion. Jeez. Okay. Well, so every innate organization like left, so optic left. Yep. Optic and optic. Yeah. Optic and, and um, evil geniuses didn't even like, start the year in 2019. They dropped their teams before the competitive year 2019 started. Wildcard was the was one of the few orgs, them and Sonics, um, stuck around into 2020, and then uh, COVID hit, and I think Wildcard lost a lot of their funding, and they they bounced, and it was, I think it was just, honestly, I think it was just Sonics left. Wow. So right now there's not, nobody. Sonics is still in or no? Uh, this this was a couple of years ago. We've had some fluctuation um, after that year um, happened. After 2020 happened, 2021, they introduced a partner program and to offset costs for Oryx to be in PUBG. And we that's when we got SSG, Wildcard, um, TSM for Shoot to Kill. And, oh, I want to say there's another one, but I'm blanking off the top of my head right now. Um, that partner program lasted for a single year and minus like a couple orgs. We, we were on wildcard to start the year off in 2022 after playing the last seven months of 2021 with them. And then wildcard picked up gas cans, took them to PGC that year. And now we're where we are now. LG, um, Sonics, now SSG as well, being the only, I think being the only orgs in NA. Um, this year they introduced the Global Partner Program, eight teams across all regions of PUBG where that would get team skins in-game, um, automatic invites to two world events where they, they would play the qualifiers, but they, they would go no matter the placement. Um, Already, LG. no matter the placement, you're already in? 
Yeah, so we had oh, wow. three we had three events this year regionally, PAS1, PGS2 qualifiers, PAS2. The two the all three qualifiers had global championship points um so they did have something to play for because they didn't get an automatic invite to the end of the year world's tournament. They got the automatic invite to the two mid-year smaller world's tournaments, smaller prize pool, less teams but they're still playing to qualify for that last event of the year. Oh, wow. Wow. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. You're already in. So go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 no. Go, go ahead. So now that this year is concluded, we just finished up the, the world championship for PUBG, PUBG global championship, uh, 2023 best viewership that we've had again, since BGI 2018, um, uh, they've told us that they're expanding the global partner program to 10 teams, which will be interesting to see where they go. I know LG picked up, um, the old oath roster. That's like, uh, now that's mime snakers, Rello and, uh, Oh God, I'm blanking for no reason. Flood and flood. And their hope is that with their investment in PUBG esports that they can get one of those two global partner program slots next year. I don't know if any is going to get another one. It's a lot of speculation. We're still waiting on an announcement for next year by the end of Jan- uh, December, but uh, there, no, there's a lot of interesting rumors. I mean, they're PUBG's trying. They've had some good articles identifying the needs of the teams. Now it's a matter of if they're willing to act on it and they're capable of acting on it in the right way. That's interesting. So they they're they're trying their best. It seems like they're 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 trying their best to keep this game alive and keep this game, you know, floating to where it needs to be. I I I highly doubt. I, I mean, you know what it, it reminds me of? It reminds me what Halo is going through. Halo. Yeah, yeah came in, did a big boom, and and all these organizations came in. They were just enjoying it, you know, having fun. And then all these bugs were just happening, and it was just, like, going crazy. And then all of a sudden started to decline and decline and decline. And then orgs leaving, asset left, you know, and all these other org started just like just disappearing and now i got friends of mine just gasping for air <laughs> just hoping you know one of the orgs that they have pick them up yeah it's it's unfortunate these you know that it ha- that is what's going on with these games that are actually really 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 good pubg is a really good game there's a game that kind of like it, it reminds me of um, uh, Cuisine. Uh, what's the name of that game? It was Cuisine Royale. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's, I think they just name it Creased or Creep Fed or something. They try to imitate, you know, there's always this game that like to imitate, you know, copycat uh, these, these big games to see if uh, it will gain popularity. Now, since you're really good at PUBG, 
Have you ever tried, uh, I mean, Fortnite? Uh, I did try Fortnite. Listen, the building mechanics in that game, that's above my fucking level. <laughs> I'm, I'm, hor- I'm so bad. So yeah, bad too. at building. I can shoot it. I, you know, I, I'll, I'll bump uh, no-build uh, games a couple times with my friends, but Fortnite was never really my thing. Uh, I, I did try it, though. Not good. Not good at all. Yeah, you know, you know what they did. They uh, they kind of listened to the fans because there are certain fans. You know, I don't play it. I don't play the game, but my kids do. Yeah, and I and sometimes I try, and my son comes to me and says, "Dad, can you play with me a little bit? Can you just play a little bit with me?" I'm like, "Okay." <clears throat> Let's give it a try. But now they came out. I, I I don't know if it was a year, two years, three years ago. The no build. Yep. And I said, fine, let's do it. I'll do it, but it's going to be no building. I don't like this building. I think it's a form of cheating. I'm about to kill you and you boom, put a wall. And I'm like, dang it. You know, I just like, oh, man, it pisses me off. You know, I find it fun, but it's 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 not for me. You know, yeah. it's not it's not for me. Now, there's another game that that has gained popularity. I also don't I don't know too much about it, and I don't know how how uh, it's going. I don't know if it's it's even in a pro. I haven't even investigated. It's Escape Escape from Turkoff. I played, I played a little bit of those EFT when it uh, first came out as well, too. You know, I'm, I'm always down to try. But mm-hmm. uh, I left to run the same, same way I left as Apex. Apex, when I stopped playing at first, I wish I had held on to it longer because I really enjoyed that game. But I stopped playing because they were, they were having massive server issues. Desync, low FPS, same deal as Escape from Tarkov. And... EFT talk, uh, content wasn't really there for me at the time. It's become a it's become a much bigger, more uh, well built, well rounded game now. But I'm just so far behind the curve that I'm I'm not even interested in trying anymore. Oh wow! Yeah, that that game is very very detailed. They made it. They did a really good job in it. I don't I don't even know if that game is there's a any type. Are they in eSport? I mean, are they into... Well, actually, funny you say that. Um, EFT is making like a spin-off game called Escape from Tarkov Arena. And mm. it looks like they're trying to make that like the EFT eSports scene. Mm, interesting. Interesting. I wonder what, what they have up their sleeves. They try to, they, they're probably thinking about it. You think if that comes out, that's going to make a really big hurt to PUBG? I don't think so. I think that PUBG is what it is. And, you know, we've been doing the, the, the couple the last couple of patches have been doing really well. We had 630,000 uh, concurrent users uh, the other day, which is a number we haven't seen since just after the MPL era, organically speaking, in 2020. So... There's a there's a lot of good coming from PUBG right now. I mean, there's they they've mentioned bringing in modding for the first time in 
you know, four, four and a half years, which is something that they promised before the game was ever released in 1.0 and they moved away from, they were worried about the cheating that it would incur. But in my mind, bringing more people into the game and into the, just into that, that login place, just like Counter-Strike, the better. Yeah. And far, far away any of the negatives to me, but they mentioned bringing back modding, which is, Again, something they've mentioned for the first time in four, four and a half years. And they've talked about attempting an Unreal Engine 5 upgrade, which is something that players have been asking for for a long time, is a, another massive engine upgrade. And they've said that they're, you know, they've kept smaller tabs on it, but they, they've mentioned that they're pleased with their progress so far. I... If we were to see it, it would probably be late 2024 or 2025 would be the first we'd see anything of it, though, truly. <clears throat> I was talking to a, a buddy of mine, and we we mentioned about Rainbow Six. Okay, I'm pretty well known in the Rainbow Six uh, community. Mm-hmm. If Rainbow, and I'm sure if PUBG do a move like Overwatch did, Overwatch 2. <laughs> or 2.0. Two. Two. Yeah. Two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if PUBG does the same, I believe it's gonna grab attention. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna get the people like, wait, there's another one, another PUBG out. Of course, what they have to do is implement all the new stuff, change some things, up the graphics. Obviously, if they're going to bring Unreal Engine, it's going to make it look 100 times better. And I'm sure more fans are going to get interested, more people are going to join. Sky's the limit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can really compare PUBG to Rainbow Six in a lot of ways. You know, Siege had... A strong launch, and then they faltered for a couple of years themselves. Yeah, and they've really worked their their ass off to come back and be a a relevant and strong game in the esports scene themselves. And I mean, yeah, the the Overwatch two, you know, didn't exactly roll over too well, but you could look at Counter Strike two. They didn't oh. change a whole lot. They, you know, they did some. They did some interesting things with the volumetric smoke. They changed up the look and the feel, and they're they're still working on it. But if you can run an upgrade that's even close to Counter Strike Two, I think players, a lot of players, would come back and try it and realize what the game has become is so much more than what it was when they left. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's in, yeah, so true. Very interesting how these organizations, these companies, devs try to make a comeback and all they just do is a little tweak here and there, polish the game, up, update the graphics, you know, make it look real neat and put a little bit more icing on the cake, <laughs> just butter up and relaunch it. You know, and people are going to go, wow. Okay. you know i love it well better i i feel one of the main things that could destroy a game is 
One cheaters and server issues. Yeah, I mean that's what PUBG realized that the hard way. They went uh, through that battle in late 2019. Their was failing. Their server, they were getting DDoSed constantly. Um, God, DDoSed. And that, and that, and that is what that is what so many of these players remember is their last time watching Shroud play. And when he enjoyed the game, not enjoying it anymore because the game isn't playing how it should. The game isn't running how it should or is. But I think that PUBG would do themselves a favor to pivot towards being a more competitive battle royale. Similarly, how that that is Apex. Apex is not a casual game. It is a it is the battle royale. Uh, it, it is the Counter Strike and Valorant of battle royales, essentially. Yeah. The goal is competition. The goal is to be the best to win the game with the points. Whereas PUBG is still like clinging on to, at least in the Western region, that like more escape from Tarkov, looter shooter. You won, you won by just being the last guy alive. It doesn't matter how many people you killed. You sat in a bush type of beat. PUBG would do themselves a great service to push esports content, and you know the players need to do so as well. In esports, players are streaming their scrims. They're uploading scrims content. They're uploading ranked. They're, they're they're streaming their POV in their million dollar worlds tournaments and stuff. And in PUBG esports, we, we you know PGC twenty twenty three command center was a great start. You only had six six or eight teams per match day you could watch other than the mainstream. Like what are we doing? We have players here who still won't stream. Their POV when players like how are people supposed to be fans of you when they don't know who you are? Exactly. You're just you're just a you're just a name on a screen. Streaming yourself humanizes you and gets somebody interested and attentive to your dream and your and the the work you put in day in and day out. They follow you. They root for you or. You know, if you want to be the villain, they hate you type of thing. Like, esports at its end is a marketing tool. Counter-Strike, Valorant, all use it as a marketing tool. And they, they're willing to eat the losses of some of those esports events because people thinking that that could be them in the future make up for that revenue elsewhere. And then some, because they're, they want to play. They see these cool plays that players make. They're invested emotionally. And we're not exactly doing ourselves any favors right now. And we haven't been. Even when PUBG was the most popular game in the world, esports players wouldn't stream, wouldn't make content. Nobody will know who you are if you don't show the world who you are. So true. You you got to put yourself out there. You got to build content. Uh. Right now, there's this young kid on on the Rainbow Six that we all know. He's carrying Rainbow Six Siege because not even a not even the top pro players put together could pull the numbers that this young kid is doing. And as Jinxie, you may have heard of him. And he 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 did it putting content and TikTok, YouTube. 
kicking the camera, acting like a goofball, and people just start laughing. Let me enjoy it. If he could do it, anybody could do it. You just got to have that character. You, you got to make... The fans got to love you, first of all. They, they're going to see that you're a humble person. That's one of the things that I kind of, like, admire about him. He's not, oh, so-and-so, okay, yeah, I want to play with... I want to play with him. He'll play with friends that he know for years. He doesn't care if you're a pro player. He'll do 1v1s and just get it over with. But he's not out there begging, oh, let's play with you. Let's play again. Let's play again. Oh, I'm going to play with so-and-so and, you know, and pump up his chest. So people see that and they like that. They're like, he's one of us. He's playing with so-and-so brother, a friend of his that is a, probably a, a, a gold or got into he doesn't care he just he's down to earth and and but he puts out content so you got a person that puts out content and putting it out almost every day and then also on top of that he doesn't care if you're a pro he's not going to invite you just because you're a pro He'll play with people like how it is, you know, and play with friends, etc. Brothers, sisters. I, I mean, I've seen him play with oh, tons of people, and it makes people feel more welcome. So, if PUBG has somebody that do the same, I have a feeling it it could it could really benefit and and create a big boom. A lot of these companies will actually pay someone that's popular or like they could tell child, hey, we need you to see, you know, pay, you know, play the game. I mean, I don't know if these devs go that far. I know some would like if you play, you know, you could get you could get something, you know, because. Yeah, well, there's there's definitely like the Twitch missions, and that's like play certain games for a certain amount of times, and you get bonuses, whatever. Correct. Yeah. That's but not- we actually just had like a partner Rumble on brand new map PUBG released Rondo. Um, they invited Summit and Doctor Lupo to come play, and it was a mix of streamers, um, streamers and pro players, and pro players themselves, and stuff like that. And it was super fun to watch. Uh, it was super cool to see and. You know, you always like seeing the old heads play PUBG the way it was. You know, you feel the nostalgia of it. You just wish that... Sometimes you do wish that the skill gap wasn't so high because when they come back and they're not ready for it from time to time, they will get mauled by... The the worst NA player right now will maul Shroud and Summit because they've been playing for 6,000 hours. They, you know... They're, they breed PUBG. I mean, I still do as much as I can. Not not as much as I used to, but like during COVID, when I you know our business closed, well, the work I was doing they closed down. Um, I just played PUBG, and many other people did as well. It is the gunplay in PUBG is just unmatched in love and craft. Uh, when they made this game and unfortunately it, it's almost 
a negative for anybody coming back that's new and coming back and wants to play the game because it's so difficult for them to handle. It, it No other game treats recoil the same way except for maybe Escape from Tarkov, but even then it's, you know, you have your um, your skills in EFT that, you know, change how the recoil works and stuff like that. PUBG's is just so, such good, honest, free gunplay. Wow. I got to give it a try someday. One day in the future, give it a try. I haven't, I haven't played it in years probably four or four and a half years <laughs> yeah four and a half that's that's correct i uh i was always been a, a battlefield uh guy and i mean battlefield has a lot of you know yeah battlefield matches up better with PUBG than cod does far and away yeah well yeah and the big maps and and sniping and hiding on top of towers uh with battlefield what i used to like versus I, I, I it's really funny because i started off with halo and then i went to call of duty stuck with call of duty for a long time then battlefield 3 came out then it caught my attention and i got really hooked on it and then battlefield 4 i became superb i was really good i would challenge any pro player against me on battlefield 4 i would have I, I mean, I would have like demolished. I was that good. I was trying. I I wanted to go to pro with Battlefield Four, but a lot of a lot of things were just going kind of like shit. It, you felt a shift because the big talk was Rainbow Six Siege. Oh, and yeah. as soon as Rainbow came out, all my friends left Battlefield. Everybody's like, "See ya! Don't want to be ya." I'm like, what the heck? I tried the beta. I don't like it. It sucked. But, and then honestly, then after season one, then I started like, wait, I like this game. This is freaking awesome. And nobody complains about campers because in, <laughs> you got to camp on. Right? Yeah, it is. It's, it's a tactical game. Absolutely. And I, I mean, for me, I, I wish I'd given Siege more of a shot, especially because I loved, um, the old Rainbow Six Vegas games, Rainbow Six Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Vegas one yes. and two, yes. loved them so much. I just never, never thought to try Siege. You know, I was a big time console gamer, the same same as you. I started, you know, I started with Combat Evolved, Halo Combat Evolved, Halo Two, Halo Three, yeah. Call of Duty, World at War. You know, zombies. Oh, you remember oh. that World at War? I loved that, World at War. Oh God, I loved that game. That game was phenomenal. I love that so game. Good. That's like like oh god, that, that brings some good freaking memories. I used to play that every single day. I remember playing until all of a sudden I felt like my head started bobbing. I'm and I'm like, what the heck? When I look, it's five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I'm like, oh god. I was playing yep. at seven o'clock at night till five in the morning. I gotta go to sleep. And yeah, World at War. That was a that was a big shift. No, I mean, like Halo Three and Halo Reach. What they really brought yeah. to the modding world, and you know what Halo still does for modding to this day in Infinite is spectacular, unmatched. 
except for maybe Counter Strike. Like, I I launched Halo Infinite the other day. Uh, you know, they don't have an official battle royale, which they absolutely need, in they my need, opinion. They need what I'll do for you. I'm gonna bring one of my. Uh, I I know a lot of pro players on 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 uh, on Halo, but I know a lot of semi pros. Mm-hmm. And I could get you with you use mouse and keyboard or you use you play on controller. I play mouse and keyboard on Halo still, just because I'm so used to mouse and keyboard these days. If this was if this was seven or eight years ago and I was playing Halo three, I would say controller. But I I pick up controller now these days only so I can play like Madden and NHL because otherwise it it doesn't feel right trying to shoot the shoot in my hands. But don't feel bad because I use controller on PC. I cannot play mouse and keyboard whatsoever. Then I get people in I I do stream occasionally once in a blue moon now, but I do stream and then when people see me streaming, they're asking like, "Dude, are you using the controller?" and I'm like, "Yeah, and I just got done, you know, beating this guy that's an MNK player, you know, just just brag about and make fun of him." And and they're like scratched their head like, "Dang, man. You're really good with a controller. How can you do it?" And so many years of playing on controller that comes to a point you dominate it. There's this young guy that I saw not long ago play CS Counter Strike with a controller, with that PlayStation. I I wish I could find it, and if I find, it, I could show it to you. I was probably, like, the guy's insane. You saw it? No, I didn't see it. But honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it's the same guy that goes into PUBG uh, team deathmatch modes and plays controller on PC because PUBG controller players, even on console have zero aim assist. There is no aim assist in PUBG in any form, any factor. Oh. And this dude this dude has YouTube videos out there, and it's him playing it's controller and TDM against mouse and keyboard players. And he does great. He, he holds his own. It's it's funny. Yeah. It's funny as hell. Yeah, it's same with same with me when it comes to, with Rainbow. I'm using different type of tactics, different moves that I know it always works strategies that work and i and i do it on 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 controller yes i'm old school on that but a lot of the new newcomers and players they just don't know what i'm gonna do so i have a lot of advantage i i play by experience but yes i gotta play with more caution and i gotta go differently going against players that are my level or higher i'm i've always been a plat player I my highest was a plat one, and I never went into diamond and stuff like that. I I tried, you know, but it was to a point that I just like, I just want to have fun. Yeah. I'm good at, I'm decent. That's all I care. I don't like people feeling that. Oh, we got to carry him now. We got to, you know, let's carry this guy. He sucks, you know. Let's just carry him. And I don't like to ha- make people feel that way. So I put in the effort. I, I go 100% what I could do, you know, give my best ability. And if I have any issues, I'll tell the players, 
listen, I I struggle in here. I struggle in this map, but I'm decent defending. I'm decent in doing this and this and this and that. So, but I do pull in my weight using a controller, using a controller. And that all became, I mean, here, I've been playing, what? Jeez. <laughs> Since the first Xbox came out, that big clunker. It's nope. always been controller. And I tried mouse and keyboard. I had people, really nice people, come, you know, message me and tell me, listen, I will train you. I will teach you. Because for them, it's frustrating to see somebody using a controller on PC, especially on Rainbow. But I said, I tell them, listen, thank you for the offer, but I want to be different. I want to do something that nobody's doing. You go online and all you see is M&K players. But what happens if you have a controller player that's just as doing good as he's M and K. And he goes, yeah, I see your point. But yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's interesting. So I have a, a buddy while well, I was going back to what I was, what I'm trying to tell you, I have a buddy, his name is, uh, accelerate mm-hmm. and I will hook you up with him. He is very popular in the halo community because he uses mouse and I mean, yeah, mouse and keyboard. Very popular. I'm as a matter of fact, I already talked to him to bring him on the show as well. And we're gonna talk. And he's done tournaments, he's done a lot of um a lot of things in the in the Halo community. He's very well known. A lot of pro players uh know him. He did a two v two with one of the optic players, Lucid. He's like the number one. Uh, well, he's number one, number two in the world on on uh on Halo. So, and they were battling against a friend of mine that loves Apex. That actually he's a coach. He he teaches, he teaches players how to get really good on, he trains them and, and has this program and trains people how to get really good on Halo. So now <clears throat> he's, he's playing a lot of Apex. But the majority of the people play Halo. They all play on controller. All the pros play on controller. Yeah. Very few uses mouse and keyboard. But my friend Accelerate uses a mouse and keyboard, and he is really good. You do see it's not easy for him because controller players will have a lot of advantage. And there is aim assist. <laughs> That's one thing. Nope. That aim assist is going to help you out a lot. A lot. It helps you out a lot. But I got so used to playing without. It's it's really weird. If I play Rainbow and then I play, I hop on and play on Halo, I do horrible. And if, until I start warming up and getting really good. And if I'm playing Halo and I go back and hop on Rainbow, I suck for at least like a day or two until my, what they call that uh, memory focus, whatever kicks in. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, 
it's crazy. It's the, the controller versus mouse and keyboard type of thing. Yeah, I mean, like Apex is Apex was going through the gauntlet very recently themselves. Um, they had Imperial Hal playing on M and K. They had a couple of good worlds events, and even he switches to to uh, controller just for the just for the aim assist and like what it really means in these close up engagements is is your percentage of shots hitting goes way up with that aim assist on controller. Yeah, you're going to sacrifice some of your mid range ability and your longer range ability. That doesn't in a battle royale that doesn't really matter as much. Yeah, it'll weaken up people in front of you and stuff, but that. But what's most important is winning the fight that's in front of you. Oh, yeah. If you're running, if you're running, if you're running with an SMG um, on a controller and you one clip somebody that's on, you know, mouse and keyboard, why wouldn't you switch? And he sw- he was the best player. You know, he was a he's on the best team in the world before he switched, and statistically, he got even better after he switched. Everybody, because because he because because he played mouse and keyboard, and he would complain about people about controller players one clipping him because of aim assist, and everybody basically said, "Stop whining about it. If it's so good, why don't you switch to controller?" And he did, and he won three lands in a row, two lands in a row, something like that. Wow. He's the like number he, one PUBG player. No, no, Imperial Hal uh, in Apex. Oh, in Apex, Apex. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I got you now. Wow! Wow, that's crazy. It really is. It was kind of it was kind of vindicative of him to just like, fine. You want me to switch to controller? I'll show you how how bad how, like how overpowered it really is. And it, it you know it it's gonna take. It took him a little bit to get used to, but he put in the work, put in the time, mm-hmm. and steamrolled at next land on controller. They're like, wait, go back to M and K. Yeah, actually, <laughs> you're demolishing us. Just go back to mouse and keyboard. You did much better. Trust me. Yeah, go back. <laughs> Doesn't that suck? You recommend someone to do something, and they do it. And they're just like become number one. <laughs> like, no. what the heck? <laughs> People just like automatically just just like go go crazy. <laughs> That's wild. Now anything anything going on with the uh, funny business uh, that that come that org? Not an org, just a just a fun fun name that we we picked. We, you know, we played the whole year this year uh, okay. under it, except for we actually. Uh, played a snack for one event, so we had, uh, you know, uh, some uh, Bitcoin of uh, some type mm-hmm. come to us and say well, they were interested in seeing like what that would look like as them as backers for a team in, in an esport and see if that would see how that would affect the coins value in and of itself. But other than that, we played as funny business this year. Probably gonna play as funny business next year. We're kind of just taking it easy. Most most teams are taking it easy. Um, all the PGC teams just got back about the last week or so, or they're still on vacation. It's off season. Everybody's kind of sitting around, twiddling their thumbs, waiting for uh, the roadmap for next year and what that's going to look like. There's rumors that we're going to get a TPP event at the start of the year and see if they can't, they, you know, to see if that's competitively viable or if it draws more viewership, which would be 
the positive for PUBG. Personally, I'd rather keep it FPP, but if it's going to go to TPP and we're going to get more org support and more viewership because of the fact that more people play TPP and PUBG even now, then why wouldn't I switch? Why wouldn't we want a better esport for ourselves? Even if even if it's more frustrating to play, you have to adapt. You have to learn to and uh, learn how to work the game that you have in front of you, especially if it means a better scene for everybody involved. Wow. Um. So, right now, funny business is not. It's just a, a just a group of guys. What you. You guys just went ahead and just let's make a name. This you don't have a manager, you don't have CEO that you got to follow these rules, etc. No, none. So it's just just only you guys. Now, how how do you guys qualify? How do you? I mean, if if you guys qualify to go to a tournament, you guys have to pay all your expenses. No, PUBG PUBG for land events covers all expenses. Um, oh, that's nice. Usually, plus a sub, plus a coach. And maybe like a seventh slot for um, content recording, depending, uh, you know, depending on the tournament and the event venue. Like for PNC, we went to in September, it was just the five of us. I went as a coach and the four players. There was no other ticket. There was no other hotel room, nothing. They But they paid for all of that. Get out of here. Really? They paid for yeah. all that? That's awesome. And then, like, the, the tickets were even pro- a little bit expensive because the original coach couldn't go. Um, so my tickets were booked within, like, the last week, week and a half before the event. Crazy. Well, that's nice of them to do that. Yeah. That's it, really... it, it was a crazy experience. They really, They really want the game to succeed. They want good players on there. And they they really, you know, seems like they, they kind of regret not doing certain things. So now they're putting more effort, effort sorry, more yeah, effort. It, it definitely seems that way. And sometimes it's a little bit misguided. You know, they've, they've, they've experimented a lot over the years. And they've kind of cut prize pools back a little bit this year because the esports is in, yeah, I mean, the, just the economy in general is the way that it is right now. And entertainment is stuff that's the first to go because people don't have the money to spend or the interest on it as much nearly. Right. So they reduced prize pools. They added the more world events, which is, you know, better, probably better for them economically, but it's tougher for the teams that aren't going, you know, you have four America's teams going and to some of these lands and then everybody else isn't really getting much else for the year. Like if you if you didn't go to any of these lands, I think the max you could have made as a team is like, I want to say twelve grand, max, through that's the course of a year. And that, that split up between four players. Twelve grand. They're the two regional of the three regional tournaments. Only two had a prize pool, and they're a hundred thousand dollars for each. Which ends up being like ninety five thousand dollars because five k goes to the group stage teams that didn't qualify for the regional final. Mm. So I think like a fifth place, which would be the closest you could get without going to land, was like six thousand per event, something like that. Okay. And in, uh, 
unless you're one of these top three or four teams that managed to make one of the world's events earlier in the year and has a strong event there. That's not enough money. You, you have to work, you have to work a job and that, you know, it's tough. So what I was really happy to see is there was an article written in Korean, uh, put out just before the end of PGC this year. And they acknowledge that they have to be willing to take a loss, um, on some of these regional events to keep player interest and how to give them something to play for, because the more players want to play your esport, more people want to watch your esport, the more people want to play your game. True. So now it's a matter of if they're willing to, if they're willing to act on the information that they've acquired and with PUBG's esports decisions over the years, it's anybody's guess is what's going to happen. Wow. I, I, I wish the best. I really do. I, 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 I wish the best. I, I hope because I, I know this is your 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 heart and soul into this game. You put a lot into it. You love this game. If not, you would have left it a long time ago. Yeah. So hopefully they do something, come around, help help you out. I mean, you're 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 a pro player, you're a wild card, and has any other orgs tried to reach out to you from other no, really. We've we've talked with a few smaller orgs over the years, but we're we're not con- currently a team that's in consideration. There's more than a few ahead of us who would definitely be more worthy at the at the moment. Um, but the cool thing is, we're heading into off season with the goal in mind for next year, an idea of how to grow within ourselves, and we just have to kind of fill out our roster and go from there, figure out who we want to be and what we think we can achieve next year. If it doesn't work out, are you going to make a full switch to apex? I don't think so. I think I'd be behind the curve. I'd probably try it, but you know, you can only hold on to playing esports for so long. Realistically. I mean, I work, I work 10 hours a day. I work construction and I will come home five minutes before a scrim lobby is up. I'll load into the, uh, I will join the lobby. I will go shower and I will like sprint back to my PC to make the first game. I thoroughly wish that this game had an eSport like Counter-Strike when uh, CSGO was at its peak in NA and the Boston Major and stuff like that. And there was 12 to 13 orgs and everybody could play and everybody could practice because this game is incredible the the skill and the the thinking and the tactical awareness that it goes into battle royales is unmatched you're not just you're not just playing against five other or four other players across from you you're playing against 15 other teams and you have to think about how each team interacting with each other affects you and what that looks like in the in the map in front of you all with brand new zones and teams able to go to Difference, not able to go to their job spot every time because of playing path. And there's so much thinking that is involved in this game that people don't give it enough credit for. They just like, oh, yeah, this guy got fed nine. Then, you know, they got every single circle pulled straight towards them. Aha, not very skillful. When there's, you know, 15 other teams out there 
that are that might be even more interesting in that game to watch because they battled all the way across the map through four or five other teams to get an incredible game out of the out of that round themselves. So crazy. <clears throat> so what what you're doing up these days? You're working in construction. Yeah. Okay. What do you what do you do in construction? You, you, you drive uh, trucks. Well, we do we do foundation repairs during the summer season. I do a lot of the deliveries of our materials, and then I'll like if I don't have any other deliveries that day, I'll stay on that site wherever that is. If we're pouring um, brand new foundation walls, if we're lifting a house, or we are repairing and waterproofing cracks in the foundation wall. Oh, that's nice. <clears throat> that's 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 pretty neat. It's good money. It's pretty. It's, it's, uh, Really good money. It's pretty solid, you know, and it's, it's very physical, very good work for me. So mm-hmm. I enjoy it and I enjoy helping the people that, you know, need our work. And we do a good and we do a good job of making sure we're fixing it the way it's supposed to be done, not cutting any corners like some companies, you know, are more than willing to. Are you in the U.S. or are you in Canada? Uh, Canada. Oh, you're in Canada. Okay. Wow. It's cold over there right now, huh? Yes. Yes. And we will we will do outdoor work up to you know minus thirty-five Celsius Ooh. and stuff like like we're talking frostbite in minutes to expose skin. Minutes. I'm in Florida, man. I can't do it. Over here when it gets sixty-five degrees, I'm wearing coats. I'm like, ooh. 60 people like look at me, snowbirds that actually come from Canada. Yep, yep. They come over here in wintertime. And and when it's summer, they go back. And and I'm like shivering 65, and they're like laughing at me. Like, do you think this is cold? This is summer for us. <laughs> for us Canadians. I'm like, really get out of here. Like, this is nothing. <laughs> You could tell with that that, that French uh, accent of them uh, theirs. It is it was real funny. It's like I bet you wish you could have sixty five. You probably going to swim pool with sixty five. Probably. I think I, I think I did when I went to Disney World when I was a kid. <laughs> wow, that's nice. Now you working with your, with your family? Is this a family business or this is a, a different company? Uh, no, this is just different company. Just work I've found. Oh, that's good. Oh, well, good for you, because a lot of these young guys depend on the money. Especially a lot of these pro players depend on the money they make out of what they do, video games. They play, it, and they just depend that the org pays them. But if you get kicked or get replaced. What are you going to do now? Exactly. You don't know what to do. On your end, you're a pro. Unfortunately, Modicard left the scene and many others. So now you have a backup plan, and that's construction. And that's phenomenal. I tip my hat off to you because you know what to do when it comes to construction. You ask me... I don't know anything about construction. I'm more of the computer paper back. I'm in a medical in a medical field. I deal with 
heart rhythms. And I had to find something that I, I could, you know, that I like. Yep. A lot of my family members, they're into construction. My wife's uh, father is all into construction. I mean, this guy could build a house with his bare hands. I mean, he's, it's all about that construction. And there's a lot of money. So good for you that you got your, you got, I can see you got your future planned out. You know what to do. You're making your money. You're working. And you're still having hopes on PUBG. Hopefully everything works out. You're still young. Uh, what's how? Well, 25, 25, 25. Could be 26. Yeah. Yeah. Now that right there with esports gaming, you're at that that mid. Because yep. usually if once you start getting and you're 28, 20, you know, getting closer to your 30s, a lot of these orgs may pick you or may not. Because they Time reaction. I don't know how it is with PUBG. Uh, if you're well, good, I, you're good. But well, I mean, I can I can shout out the old man Purdy Curdy who's been doing it since day one. That guy's that guy's pushing dinosaur age. So what's what's dinosaur age? Uh, I think he's I think he's thirty now, thirty one, something like that. So oh god, you, man, I don't want then I then I must be a mummy. I'm I'm basically the same age as Doctor Disrespect. Doctor Disrespect <laughs> is 41. Yeah. I'm 46. I still game. I would never quit gaming. Yeah. And people are like, <laughs> but obviously I know my boundaries. I'm sure as heck not going to go pro league. I, I'll play. I have fun. All my kids. I make sure they all play. They all have everything. I build a game room for them. My wife oh, yeah. and I we we made this game room. They have Xboxes, they have the PlayStation, Nintendo. I said, "Welcome to Game World. <laughs> have fun." You know, I, I tell you, gaming is so much fun. It's a uh, now part, you know, of someone's life. Yeah, out, out of many people's lives. I was talking with this uh, to a good friend of mine, Seth. Super, he's the general manager of Sonics. Yeah, he works with, yeah, yeah, that's how he works with Sonics. Yeah, my first episode, first interview is with him. He's he was the one that stood up to the plate and said, Let's do it. So, I need, I need, uh, I need the number one episode. And I, it, talking with other people that do podcasting, they, recommended a big boom and they they told me like go with him choose him and i said personally i will really love it because not only that he's a general manager but he's such a nice guy and i consider him as as a friend and now i'm putting you down as tours like i'm doing a double with you and another friend i'm gonna post uh this week have you have you come out i have to do some editing and etc but um but yeah it's 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 really neat and fun so gaming is 
it's one of the I think something that I always look forward. I always want to come home. I want to want to play. It gets my mind off of stress. Yep, absolutely. It's a stress reliever. So, well, TSOC is about that time. Yep. And I'm gonna get going. We we extended a little bit more longer than expected, but that's how it is. Conversation, good conversations lead up when you look up. Oh gosh. Yeah, absolutely. It'll get away from you real fast. Yeah, it'll it could get away real quick. I want to thank you. This is not gonna be the first or the last. Make sure to bring you on later on in the future and give us the updates of PUBG. And um, well. I always tell this to the folks, uh, tell all my guests, let everybody know where they can find you, how to reach you, what's your Twitter account, TikTok, Instagram, the stage is yours. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's pretty consistent across the board for the most part. I got YouTube, I got TikTok, I got Twitch. Um, YouTube and Twitch are both just TSOC. I think TikTok is TSOC underscore PUBG. Uh, that's really where you can find me. Same on Twitter is uh, tsoc underscore pubg, and that'll like keep you up to date on where I'm at when I'm live, that type of beat. Um, I'm looking to try and do more esports content personally myself. Um, streaming scrims, recording, uploading like the smaller tournaments, and just like showing people what PUBG esports look like looks like and all the thought that really goes into it on a day to day and a personal level from my POV. Okay. Talk. Thank you so much. Thank you. you. Have a blessed day. God bless you. And hope to talk to you uh, soon in the near future. Thank you for listening to the Dr. VTech show. And don't forget to click follow.